Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today's episode is sponsored by The Secret Spice, a new living picture book about spice um, that has uh, a wonderful effect on people and carpets. So check that out at Julie Naturally or on Amazon. Uh, That is the new release from Julie Naturally. Today, we are going to focus on benefits of three super G's. And you're going to love this. Garlic, green tea, and guts. Yes. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about what guts means (laughs) a little later in the show. But first, we're going to get started with the benefits of garlic. Now, I I said the the three super G's because there are some foods that are super and are really great to have around and great to eat and make sure that we stock up on, uh, especially during this particular season uh, that we're in. And there's not a real easy way to categorize them. They're not exactly fall vegetables so or you know spring vegetables or something like that. So but they do they do all start with G. so that's why I called them that. Um, so we're gonna start with garlic. Garlic or allium sativum is a member of the onion family. It has numerous benefits that make it a super food. Okay, it's low calorie. It's easy to find at almost any grocery store. And it's pretty easy to grow. You can regenerate new garlic bulbs from one of the cloves. And of course, if you keep the garlic bulb around too long, you'll start to see green shoots going out the top of it. So it's pretty easy to grow some new garlic out in your garden and it tends to grow best in the cooler times of summer not so much um, in the hottest parts of the summer and you could start to see some of those things sprout up uh, towards late spring if you're in the northern climates like I am. Uh, So nutritionally garlic contains manganese, vitamin b6, vitamin C, selenium, and small amounts of some other nutrients and trace nutrients as well. Uh, so even those little cloves, have they pack quite a punch nutritionally, but they also have some other things that make them an herbalist friend, and they gar- garlic cloves are included in many herbal recipes. Particularly when it comes to 
being thick. Research shows that garlic can shorten the time that a person has cold and flu symptoms. Uh, it does have some antimicrobial activity, and um, it also contains um, antioxidants and other things. But the research shows that it can shorten the time by up to 70%. They compared people who were taking garlic to people who were not. Uh, they used a placebo, so nobody would know who was doing what. And they, they found generally between 60 and 70% uh, that they uh, reduced the time that they were sick. So that's that's pretty cool, right? And they didn't eat it raw. Because very often we hear that, oh, well, you have to eat garlic raw in order to enjoy the benefits. Well, that's not how these people took it. They <laughs> have raw garlic. They used aged garlic or garlic extract, so not exactly raw. Although, you know, eating it raw does give you uh, some additional benefits. Um, eating the equivalent of about four cloves a day... Uh, was just about as effective as traditional pharmaceuticals in lowering blood pressure. So that might be something to talk with your healthcare professional about. Uh, you know, don't go doing anything drastic there. It may also help with lowering LDL cholesterol. It doesn't lower the whole score. So it, you have to look at all of those subscores. Uh, it, it can have a lowering effect on the LDL cholesterol. And some of the other benefits, of course, include that it has high amounts of antioxidants. It can help the body detox from heavy metals. And it can also have a positive effect on your bone health, which is especially good news for women as they get older uh, and start to experience bone loss. So, you know, I mentioned about the raw garlic and uh, the, the cooked or dried garlic. Um, usually to retain all of the benefits of garlic, it it's best if it is raw or if it's dried, uh, dried under a dehydrator or very low heat. And you could, you can roast it under lower heat in the, in the oven and enjoy some delicious uh, roasted garlic uh, spread that you can put on toast or uh, add to soups and things like that to add a nice garlicky flavor. But to use it uh, herbally, you usually combine the grated garlic, which I like to use the garlic press and just smoosh the garlic through the press and uh, mix it up with some honey and use it that way. That way it makes it easier to eat and it's a lot more palatable, of course, because that really packs quite a punch, just like raw onions do if you try to eat it raw. Um, and it that way then it can make it a little more palatable for children as well. Um, so those, those are some ways that you can take more garlic. And of course, lots of people just 
you know, mince it up and add it to dishes and cook it up. But you do lose the sulfur compounds when you cook it. But, you know, as it does, it does have all those other benefits regardless. So the second G is green tea. Now, this is really interesting uh, about green tea. The the Latin name for green tea is Camellia sinensis. And believe it or not, all tea, except herbal tea, of course, but all tea comes from the same plant. So, you know, you got Olong, you got Darjeeling, you've got black tea. You know, of course, those are black teas. Uh, you've got uh, the Pu'er teas, Oral Grey, um, You've got green tea, white tea, all these different kinds of teas. They all come from the same plant. Can you believe it? I couldn't believe it. When I when I was first learning about that, I thought, really? How do they get all those different flavors and stuff? I mean, Darjeeling is black tea, just like Olong is black tea. Why do they taste different? Um, and, you know, green tea, they all come from the same plant. I just couldn't believe it. But it's true. It just depends on uh, how many different phases of the processing that that particular harvest of leaves undergoes and how much or how little the, uh, the grower interferes or the, the processor interferes with the, uh, the whole drying and oxidizing uh, part of it. So... Even when they harvest it, even where it's grown can make a difference. So what part of the country it's grown in, you know, how much sun it gets, the condition of the soil, all those things make a difference in the way that the tea tastes, which is true of a lot of other plants too. And we'll get into that as we talk about other plants and coming episodes, but where the plant grows can make a big difference. Uh, We do see that in coffee beans. They're all the same Arabica beans, but, you know, where they are grown and the conditions of the soil and stuff does make them taste a little different. Uh, That's how you get, you know, Peruvian coffee and, uh, you know, um, Kenyan coffee. Well, because they do taste different. So it's true of the t- of the tea leaves as well. So even when they cut the tea leaves, are they picked by hand or are they uh, are they cut with a machine that kind of chops the leaves? All of those things make a difference. And so the green tea is the least processed of the teas. So of course they have to wilt the leaves so that it removes the water content. Otherwise you get moldy leaves and it affects the processing of all all the other levels. So that's the first thing that they do is they have to wilt the leaves. And many green teas, that's about all that happens. Some of them uh, are also partially oxidized, uh, but not completely because then it loses the green color. So you have to kind of look at how the teas are grown, but the artisanal ones are picked by hand and only wilted. And then the leaves are twisted or um, 
made into special little packages and then sold. So the, um, so that, that is what affects, uh, how, how much of the properties of the plant are retained. So green tea has the most of the antioxidants, has um, the most of the nutritional qualities, but the black teas also have those things, just not in as great amounts. So the green tea has high amounts of polyphenol antioxidants, which can reduce inflammation, can slow aging, and can also provide uh, some protection against cancer, like all antioxidants can do. But, um, you know, they're not usually drinks. And uh, they also aren't combined with caffeine, usually. So the green tea has caffeine, that is also countered with an amino acid, L-theanine, which crosses the blood-brain barrier, and the L-theanine helps to release chemicals that uh, calm the body. So you, you get like this caffeine stimulant effect at the same time that you're getting sort of a calming anti-anxiety effect. So it, it's very interesting. So it's not the same as with coffee, where you just feel revved up. But the green tea has just has a, a different enhancing effect. So it really can help with brain function that way. And some other positive effects of green tea are bad breath and type 2 diabetes. They can help with both of those things too. Now we're getting to the third G, the guts. What do I mean by that? So um, by guts, I mean the innards of animals. Now, I'm not really talking about like intestines or something like that. Um, I'm really talking about the organs, animal organs, like the organ meats from cows, sheep, goats, chickens, that kind of thing. So usually that is the liver and the heart because in the United States, in most places, the sweet meats are not commercially available and other organs such as the brain is also not commercially available. Uh, and if you are a farmer, of course, you know, that's your business. You know, those things are very nutritious. But uh, the rest of us can only get the liver mostly, um, and sometimes the heart. We have had uh, a share in a organic farm that uh, raises animals gra- using grass-fed. I mean, they're grass-fed animals, which is the way that God designed those animals to eat. Um, animals, those grazing animals are not supposed to be eating corn. Their guts just do not digest that very well. Uh, and that's what most store-bought meat is raised on. It's raised on corn because it's cheap. 
and the animals can be raised in more confined environment than a grass-fed animal, which, you know, they eat the grass, but to to get enough grass, they need a lot more land and space. So, but grass-fed animals are healthier animals, and that's what I recommend that you get as much as possible, especially with organ meats where uh, the nutrients are much more concentrated and um, it matters where the animals came from. So uh, that way then you're healthier, the animals are healthier. So the liver is what we're going to concentrate on because as I said, sometimes not even the hearts are available. Uh, And when we get our meat, the heart is pretty much ground in with the rest of the ground beef. So you can't even tell where it is because we don't eat that separately. So the liver, which you can get at many, many grocery stores, and it's pretty cheap too because people, I mean, it's like throwaway. Most people don't want it. Uh, (laughs) So... Um, a lot like uh, the tougher meats for stews and stuff. So it's the less desirable meat, so it is cheaper. But it's the most nutritious part of the animal. Can you believe it? The, one of the cheapest parts is also the most nutritious parts. So let's find out a little bit more about the nutrition in liver. So... It in just three and a half ounces. Now that's less than half a cup, okay? Less than half a cup of liver. Think of it. It has 3,000 plus percent of the recommended daily intake of vitamin B12, 1,000 percent of the recommended daily intake of vitamin A. More than 200% of the RDI for riboflavin, which is another B vitamin. 65% for folate. 80% for iron. 1,600 plus percent for copper. And all the choline that you need. They don't have a recommended daily intake for choline. They just have sort of a, you know, this is how much we think is a good amount. And you have all that you need in just that less than half a cup of liver. Can you believe it? The only vegetables that compare are the super greens that we talked about last week. But even to get that much, you'd have to eat a lot of greens. Uh, it, it just does not compare calorie-wise. Uh, it does not compare volume-wise um, to how much you can get in a small amount of liver. And even with that small serving size, it's high in protein and it's low in calories. So... Uh, liver really is a superfood. It is an awesome superfood that almost anybody can get too. You might be a little bit concerned about cholesterol. You may have heard that liver is high in cholesterol or, or that it's higher in toxins. But the truth is, is that 
modern research shows that um, that it's your body that produces the cholesterol. So your intake of cholesterol for most people, some people are sensitive to dietary cholesterol, but for most people, the the food that you take in does not really affect how much cholesterol your body produces. In fact, if you're taking in more cholesterol, your body might just cut back on how much it's producing because you're bringing it in. It doesn't need to produce as much. So in that way, it can possibly help you to lower your cholesterol in your bloodstream. Um, in terms of the toxins, the liver doesn't store toxins. Toxins in your body are often stored in your fat, not in your liver, which is very low in fat. Uh, it processes toxins. So it packages toxins to get rid of them. So it helps your body and it helps cows and sheep and lamb and all of them to get rid of toxins. So the toxins aren't sitting in the liver uh, when you eat it. So um, you don't need to worry about that. Now, it's not one of our favorite foods, right? Liver has a very strong flavor. So even though it, you, don't, you don't need very much in order to get all that nutrition, it's, it, you know, it, it's kind of hard to stomach for some people. So how can we eat it? So usually the best way to eat it is to combine it with something else that will help uh, cut down on the flavor of it. So sometimes you might mix it up with some hamburger and you know use that mixture to make a meatloaf or meatballs or spaghetti, you know, spaghetti with meat sauce, like that kind of a thing. That's one of the best ways to do it, to kind of disguise it with something else. Uh, some people find it palatable to have it as like a spread, like you make like a liver pate uh, and serve it up on crackers or whatever. It, it might be nice to try it at somebody else's house first to see if, if it's going to be something worth, worth investing in. Uh, another possibility is liverwurst sandwiches where uh, there's like a sandwich spread that's sold at some grocery stores that where it's, it's liver combined with some spices and some other things to make uh, a nice sandwich meat. When I was a kid, we didn't eat liver, but we did eat uh, baked chicken and, you know, the whole chicken, which has chicken livers hidden in there. And we would often argue over who was going to get the chicken thigh with the chicken liver in there. So chicken liver, chicken liver is more palatable than beef liver, and it still has the same benefits. You just have to eat enough of it because, of course, like I said, it's almost half a cup. So, but that is another possibility is chicken liver or lamb or calf liver is not as strong tasting, but it still has the same benefits. And the last thing we're going to mention just briefly is bone broth because bone broth is kind of made from guts, right? So if you don't want to eat the 
the the chicken gizzards or something. Of course, sometimes you can just combine that with stuffing and it's all hidden in there. But you can also include it with making your own broth, which is super easy and inexpensive. Just take that chicken carcass and put it in your slow cooker or your Instant Pot with um, you know several cups of clean water. You might want to let the bones soak in a slightly acidic water first. So you add a little bit of vinegar uh, to the water, apple cider vinegar, of course. Uh, you could use white vinegar as well. Uh, and you let it soak in there for a few hours to kind of soften up the bones. Because the whole point of the bone broth is that you are leaching all the minerals out of the bones. So that's what makes bone broth so super healthy is because you're leaching all the minerals out and you're also getting all of the collagen out of those bones and then you get to take it in. So no need to go and buy all those packets of collagen and, you know, the aseptic cartons of the bone broth and all that. You can make your own bone broth. Just add in some cut up carrots and onions and celery and stuff and put it into the water with the bones and let it simmer on a low heat. Um, well, not too low, obviously, but you know, bring it to a boil and then turn it down so it's like simmering. Let it simmer for about 24 hours. And then um, you'll have a really tasty broth, pack it up in you know, your mason jars or whatever you want to pack it up in. So those are some great tips for getting some superfoods that are inexpensive. And if you combine these foods with the super greens we talked about last week, you will have some super nutrition to help strengthen your body and all your body systems to stay healthy. And it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to do it. So remember, God provided us with superfoods already. These superfoods are easily accessible to everyone. You don't need to have lots of money and you don't have to um, buy special powders or know, have a, lots of special knowledge. They're available to everyone and um, you just get, you know, get the chicken carcasses and the liver and garlic and go to town and have fun, eat well, and happy eating. And make sure that you connect with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally so that you can find out about all of the latest stuff that we're doing over there, including the new Secret Spice Living book. See you next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.